You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. So, good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're here, of course, with Dan Natterman and Nimesh Patel, and we have one of our uh, most desired and greatest guests ever, Mr. Brett Stevens. Now, I, I, the jokes have already well, you forgot started. To, you forgot to mention that my agent is here. She's auditing. She's not, <laughs> she's not here to speak. Let me, let me just read the introduction. Brett Stevens is an American journalist who won a Pulitzer Prize for commentary in 2013. He works for the Wall Street Journal as the foreign affairs columnist and the deputy editorial page editor and is responsible for the editorial pages of its European and Asian editions. And you're a big hero of mine and, o- and always have been. So You, you have a, a small cast of heroes. No. I, I do have a sm- <laughs> well, I like, can I introduce you to my hero? I mean, small in the sense of your, your heroes are I aim small. Low. No, yeah, no. You're no. aiming And low. I do briefly introduce you to my hero, Toba Silberman from the Gersh Agency. Yes, hello, Toba. <laughs> I'll say hi and nothing more. She, she's not here, here to, to talk, out. but I will, I'm hoping one day she will be a guest. I think she's very interesting because she is an agent that actually loves comedy. She's a comedy agent that loves comedy. Now, how often do you see that? Uh, Mr. Stevens. All right, no, I'm just we, we couldn't have you at a better time. So let's just jump right into it. And All can right. you tell us what is your take on uh, this whole Trump tweet with the, uh, 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 about being wiretapped? The tap, T-A-P-P, the tap. Well, I, I mean, I guess there are uh, two theories uh, that are plausible, and one is slightly more disturbing than the other, although I'm debating which one it is. Which it is. One theory is that Donald Trump is, uh, as I put in my column this week, a verbally incontinent uh, 70-year-old man given to believing preposterous conspiracy theories who woke up early one morning, read something in Breitbart or heard something on the Mark Levin show, and... Um, went berserk for an hour or so before deciding to content himself by tweeting put-downs of Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, performance. You mean Rafael Cruz didn't kill President Kennedy? I've always actually thought that. (laughs) No, I need to be careful about making jokes even here. Um, So that's theory A, which is grumpy old man. I'm already upsetting people listening to this podcast. Grumpy old man wakes up, reads something stupid that upsets him, but squares with his conspiracy theory um, worldview and accidentally creates yet another um, hurricane uh, moving through the United States government, which he is now trying to discover evidence for beyond what is simply reported on a handful of sources. Other theory is... Uh, he was very concerned about Sessions, his recusal, the persistent questions about the Trump organization and the Trump campaign's connections to Russian officials or Russian agents of influence. And so he decided to create a kind of, um, how shall we say, counter scandal in order to obscure uh, what ought to be the main news, to which take is. Take eye off the ball. Which is. Did the Attorney General of the United States mislead uh, Congress under oath uh, with respect to his um, uh, ties or relationship with the ambassador from Russia? I, th- I think it's the former. You want you? I, a, I don't you, think you it. hate Trump, correct? I don't hate him, but I do despise him dearly. Okay. Hate is very strong. <laughs> what is? What is? <laughs> where? Where does? Hate end and despise Where begins. Does despise I despise because I, I get it. I get him. I see. I get the nonsense that he's doing, but hate is just like visceral. Like I hate relish. <laughs> well, yeah, despise I can't, I can't. and despise and hate, I think, are synonyms. All right, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Go Whatever. Ahead. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, I don't think. Well, if if. If he was wiretapped, we would have heard it already. So that's why. Can he call up and say, hey, did somebody wiretap me? He doesn't have access to that information. The the question is, and this was brought up by um, Rick Wilson, a Republican strategist, is if Obama really wanted to do a dirty on Donald Trump during the campaign, he could have just found a way to release his tax returns. Yeah. Which are really, in fact, at the beating heart of all of these suspicions because... Mm -hmm. 
there are questions about the Trump Organization's ties or absence of ties to um, well-to-do Russians who may be connected in one form or another to the Putin government. Aren't all well-to-do Russians connected in one form or another to the Putin government? That's probably true, or at least the vast majority of them in, yeah. in one way or another. How else did they get well-to-do? Hmm. Well, there's only one way in Russia. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, uh, running nuclear weapons uh, rings in... Uh, Oh, I mean, that's probably connected. In, in some to. way, they got to have the blessing of Putin to become super wealthy. Yes, in he is. He is the only, as the Russians say, the only vertical of power that matters. Right. I had to just jump in really quickly and explain to Tova because she's probably confused <laughs> why there's a political discussion of this seriousness going on. That that's uh, that's what Noam does. You know? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I love I, it. I, I tried to uh, steer the podcast more into show business and think the comedians, the comedy seller. Uh, but uh, what can I do? Uh, right. He's the owner. So, so, I mean, in some ways, there's... The thing is, if this were happening... Sorry. If all this were happening in another country... Um, it is happening. We would, we would find it somewhat comical. In fact, it did happen to a large extent in Italy in the 1990s, and then in the last decade with the rise of Silvio Berlusconi, Berlusconi yeah. the, uh, the politician with whom Trump is most uh, frequently uh, associated. It's that when... when these sorts of things or shenanigans are taking place where these questions are being raised about a president who has a vast nuclear arsenal at his disposal, then the stakes grow considerably um, greater. What, what, what did you want to say, Nimesh? I was going to say, A, if it is true that Obama wiretapped him and Trump is like legit afraid of what's going to... I'm more curious to know what he thinks Trump or Obama got on him just because all the shit that we've heard that hasn't hurt him at all like grabbing by the pussy or the, the golden shower thing. I don't know if that's true or not. But, like, if Trump did nothing, didn't care about that in the slightest, what did Obama find on Trump it, it, that it, was it like... can't be... But do you think, he's, you think he's tied up with the Russians? Oh, Trump? Yeah. For sure. There's, there's video... There's, didn't he do an interview, like, years ago where he's like, oh, yeah, Putin's my homeboy? No, well, look, you see, this is just the thing. I mean, one of the reasons why people were right to... Um, dump on BuzzFeed and its editor, Ben Smith, when, oh, he, when he released the Christopher Steele dossier, is that... That's the golden shower. That's the golden shower. Yeah. Yes. Which, he, which, he, <laughs> yes, which he definitely did, by the way. we got to explain it to our audience. I'm not so sure, but look... He denies it the way anyone denies something that they definitely did, which is he doesn't deny the That's action. That's the way you deny golden showers. Yeah, he denies it. The, he denies the facts, not, not the situation, or not the actual action. He denies, I didn't get pissed on in Moscow. But you see, here, okay, so if I can be argumentative, please, I think you're please. doing what Trump is doing, which is you got a hunch about a guy who you have many reasons to dislike. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you jump on a thinly sourced accusation and say, yeah, that's true. But that's exactly what Trump is doing. That's Trump fair. hates Obama. He thinks that Obama was up despises to no good, Obama, despises though. Obama. <laughs> thinks that Obama was capable of um, all kinds of um, misdeeds, all kinds of lawlessness. Mm -hmm sees a thinly sourced report in Breitbart or wherever it is that Trump came across this, um, and then immediately tweets it as the truth. Now, it's one thing, with respect, for you to just speculate here at this table. You're not the president of the United States accusing your predecessor yet. of, well, you know, <laughs> good luck, but uh, accusing your predecessor of a high crime, which, right. if in fact true, would be a crime on the order of the Watergate scandal, if not exceeding it. So that's the kind of allegation that should always be made with a high degree of uh, caution and only on the basis of really hard evidence. It's why, you know, it's why we have the kind of journalism we, we, we aspire to at the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or other Washington Post, which is... You source a story like that not once, not twice, but three times, and, and in fact, eight times, because the allegation is so potentially explosive mm -hmm. that you fear the damage to your reputation for trustworthiness should it prove to be false. Now, Trump doesn't give a damn, it seems, about his own reputation for trustworthiness, and he's trafficking in um, a, a coin of rumor and belief, which should be beneath the trashiest tabloid uh, in your supermarket, never mind the presidency of and the United States. And his language, States. calling him sick. 
I mean, yeah. who, who does that? A 70-year-old no, who's just I, run out of shit to say. It's, it, it, well, I, but, I mean, going back to your point, I agree. I am just trafficking in the same shit that Trump does, but... But he's a, com- my, he's a comedian. My bar is much lower. Much lower bar. <laughs> you know, I make like maybe 50 people laugh downstairs yeah. with the nonsense that I say. I don't 200. Know. Yeah. Now, <laughs> no, Namesh, in the interest of lightening the mood, just for a second, uh-huh. what actor does he look like that, that, that's famous for Quentin Tarantino movie roles? I was going to say, um, who's the guy in Saving Private Ryan? No, 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 no. Tar- think Tarantino. I'm not, I can't say Travolta. No, think Django. Brad Pitt? It, no, I, I, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> oh, the, the guy who played the, the Nazi in... No. Uh, yeah, the guy who played the Nazi in Inglorious Bastards. I was going to say Ed Burns. No, never mind. You know, Ed Burns in you. Let, let me let me ask you a question. Let me, There's so many different angles. I only Sorry. play a Nazi on TV, right? <laughs> let, let me ask you a question about... Uh, There's nothing uh, wrong with looking like a Nazi. Just don't have his ideas. I'm trying you know, not to. Nothing wrong with looking like a Nazi. In fact, I aspire to it myself. <laughs> well, yeah, they, 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 they were smart dressers. Dan. Dan believes that despite what the Nazis have done, the entertainment that they've given I, us... I don't it, think it, it makes up for it. I think they did what they did. We can't change that. But we have the entertainment. The producers, Hogan's Heroes. Anyway. TV shows, movies, films, etc. Okay. Springtime for Hitler in Germany. Winter for Poland and France. The truth is, the, the, the World War II was an event. We'll never see its like again, in all likelihood, in human history. Don't be history. so sure. Wait, wait, why, why, how can you say that? How could, I can't say it for sure. But I, can, I, I just, it was so incredible. We, have, we only had one in the history of the world. Well, just to recenter this conversation. Please. If you read... Uh, contemporaneous descriptions of Benito Mussolini from the 1920s before Hitler came to power the way in which journalists described uh, Mussolini, what they called his attitudinizing his posturing his the fact that he made up reality as he went along his macho cult I'm hearing you uh, (laughs) all of this ringing a bell here well, this, and, is, this is good news because well, this means that Trump is, is is no Hitler; he's just a Mussolini. <laughs> and, and well, then, and then consider these other facts: that just a Mussolini. Trump, Trump is coming to power. Trump has become president at a time when someone like Marine Le Pen uh, may become the next president of France, where the European Union is dissolving, where Vladimir Putin's influence is uh, ideological influence, never mind his actual power, is greater than it's ever been. When you have a guy like Duterte in the Philippines... Never heard of him. Well, he's killing thousands of people. You've never heard of Duterte? He's like... president of the Philippines? He's like, you should kill nine-year-olds if they do drugs. He's crazy. Seems like a guy I should look into. Go ahead. So the point is, (laughs) the point is this is all happening at a moment when what we used to call liberalism is uh, in retreat, in decline. When people... You talk to people and they no longer believe... Ordinary standards of truthfulness, of fact, a statement like alternative facts can have some currency with a large number of Americans, where people are sick of regular democratic procedures and checks and balances, and they just want their president to get it done when they're willing to believe outrageous things about the man who was just president a couple months ago. Is it really so different from the kind of ideological swamp of the 1920s that ended up leading to World War II? Yes, like all these people are just thirsty for revenge and like for like well, the lives we, not going the way um, they wanted. I don't, because I don't think, think you know, uh, Hitler was a unique uh, individual. He's a real unique cat. We don't have him. And uh, it is different because we don't have Hitler. Well, and, 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 and because, you know, the Germany, the world was in dire straits at that time. Are, pe- are things that bad in America? To, 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 to convince that, that, me that's that. going to push people that far to fascism, you know, I mean, people... You'd have to paint for me the picture of what you think Donald Trump, how he would like to shape the world if he had the power to do so. Does he have Hitler-like ambitions in any way? I don't think of Trump as Hitler. I think he's too buffoonish. And I don't, I mean, number one, I don't think... Then it's all good. Yeah, I I mean... (laughs) No, not really. Uh, Wouldn't he need the military in some way? how, how, How debased do your standards have to be when you say, well, so long as he's not Hitler, it's all good. Our bars you are you, you, you obviously don't believe what, I mean, you're just, you, no, nobody seriously can believe that. No. 
I mean, well, you have to understand, I'm trying to inject a little bit of comedy into this thing. <laughs> there is no comedy. It's all darkness. <laughs> it's all dead, There is man. no dark side of the moon, really. I, I, it's all dark. I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I want to push back devil's advocate. Go for it. And when I'm looking at it from the other direction, I say to myself, McMaster, Mattis, uh, these guys are lifelong patriots. Right. Would they look the other way for Donald Trump to fulfill his, uh, to engage in his criminal conspiracy with something brought up? Would, would they stand for that? Point A. Point B, there must be 25 to 50 people who've seen Donald Trump's tax return. If there was some smoking gun in that tax return, wouldn't somebody, he can't even keep his closed meetings of eight or nine people secret. Can they really keep something explosive in his tax return a secret? It just seems to me it would come out. Well, that's, I mean, it's true to the extent that eventually the truth comes out and eventually, you know, we, 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 we get hold of documents, things leak. It's in the sort of nature of reasonably open societies where the penalty for leaking isn't... Um, isn't death, and it's also or true. Or somebody in his accounting firm. There had to be a whole slew of people working. Well, on his some tax of it, return. some of it leaked to the time, New York Times um, last year. Yeah. The the nine hundred sixty million dollar loss. I wish I had nine hundred sixty million dollars to <laughs> to lose in, in a single year. Um, I, I don't. Now you sound look, like a liberal. Here, here's the issue. Um, uh, first of all, I think guys like Madison McMaster are patriots. And uh, to get to what we were talking about earlier, I, I do, you know, of course I wish the administration well. I think, I hope they do the right thing. I hope Trump decides to become a serious president and become a uniting figure and drop the more uh, divisive and dangerous aspects of his agenda. I hope he drops the anti-immigration rhetoric, for example. I mean, this country is, everyone around this table came as an ancestor who arrived dirt poor and afraid on some boat. At some point or on some plane. Right. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that everybody and anybody should be. There has to be some limitations. Uh, yeah, this guy. <laughs> everybody except this guy. <laughs> did you Did you come here? Were you born here? You were born no, here. I was born in Jersey. You born in Jersey. My parents came parents? from India. But yeah, uh, wasn't going to say. My parents drove here from Canada. <laughs> I consider New Jersey another country too. I it mean, is. There should be border controls it there. It is. I don't know why isn't there like a passport control at the Holland Comedian. Tunnel? Look at this guy. <laughs> I, I do. You know, I, I have to admit, and I'm and. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I am a child of immigrants, but I do worry that the immigration of today uh, is different than the immigration of my father's generation in terms of its yearning to be become part of the social fabric of America in the way that my father was, you know, extremely patriotic. I mean, tears in his eyes at a, at a you know, at an Abe Lincoln movie mm. uh, after being here since nine years old. And I old. was with him at, uh, at Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer, <laughs> and I can uh, vouch for the and, fact and that I, he was crying. I have a lot of immigrants who work for me, and when I speak to them about their attitudes about America, nobody, nobody that one. you'd be shocked at how <laughs> much resentment they will express towards this country. How, how, how Look, you know, but I think that's because you miss... You are... Um, mythologizing the immigrant experience. You know, a lot of immigrants came to this country dirt poor and became communist radicals on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, okay? That was not exactly an expression of love for George Washington and the founding ideals. I immigration patterns are always uh, bumpy, so to speak. I mean, my mother came to this country as a refugee in 1950 after World War II. From where? Uh, from northern Italy, but she was she's Jewish, and uh, family was originally thrown out of Russia, thrown out of Germany, ended up in Italy, and then and then here, and then uh, your, your, your mother was Jewish, your father was not. My father is Jewish too, but You're, he came from a different. Let me get this straight: both sides are Jewish, and you look like the Nazi from uh, a <laughs> You see, I've, I've assimilated so successfully <laughs> that um, that as the son of a, a a girl who made it through the Holocaust in Nazi-occupied Europe, I get to be. A Nazi look-alike. Um, that, that being said, Christoph Waltz that, is, is not it, is, the is most... Is this a great country or what, right? That being said, Christoph Waltz is the, not the most Aryan of the, uh, of the, uh, of the cast uh, of that movie. All but right. let, the man, let the man finish his point about immigration. Well, Go look, ahead. I mean, I don't know about your experience. My experience of beating immigrants, I grew up in Mexico City. I, I'm born in New York. Did you know but, Louis C.K. out down um, I know he, was, he grew up in... in he's sort of, he's, but he's 10 years older than I am, so I, I never met him. 
I wish I had. Goes to show you what great... What, what, I'll, what, I'll call you next time he's here. You what, can come What great him. people, you know, we produce. These Jews who end up in Mexico. <laughs> Jewish Mexicans are... Yeah. All the rest of it. Um, anyway, I speak fluent Spanish. I, I chat with Mexicans, immigrants all the time. I think they're model Americans. I mean, go to a town like Porchester outside of uh, New York City, like half an hour uh, north of New York City. Porchester was, was basically a really down-at-the-heels town maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, and now Latin American immigrants are remaking the place and bringing life back to it and bringing restaurants and commerce and business. I mean, the, the image of the immigrant as not patriotic, not willing to integrate, not entrepreneurial, mooching off of someone else's dime. I didn't I, say but that. No one ever said they're not entrepreneurial. In fact, yeah. I posed the question just last week is, would we have convenience stores if we had to rely on white people? Well, let's, let, let me actually offer you a counterproposal and tell me what you think. I, this plays at the back of my mind that America should have a system in which we bring in basically any immigrant who isn't a terrorist, right, doesn't mean to kill Americans, we should bring in. All those immigrants, some huge percentage, they're all strivers. They're all, you know, doing their best, trying to raise their children. Their kids become wild, wild successes. It's just a simple fact mm -hmm. that the children, I, I actually learned this the other day, of the Fortune 500 companies in America, 90 of them were founded by immigrants. I saw that. And another 114 were founded by the children of immigrants. So almost, uh, so you're coming close to nearly half of Fortune 500 companies are the product of immigrants or children of immigrants. They're the most successful people in America because they want it the most, right? They haven't been here yeah. 10 generations and think something is owed to them. Did they control for Jews but then, in that? But then their kids <laughs> become lazy yeah, they and do. they're... The kids, the grandkids are comedy. delinquents. So here's my proposal. We, we, we pretty much have an open border system minus terrorists for striving, ambitious people. But their great-grandchildren <laughs> all have to go back to the home country. I, I, I'm down with that. That's fair. It's, like, well, it's like refreshing a pool. You need... You need a fresh streams of water, and then the you, mesh, you need let's to discharge. Let's take uh, an example. I, I'm the son of Canadian immigrants. I don't actually believe that. No, we know. But we, we, like but we, it out you there. do believe, however, that with each succeeding generation, people get lazier. That you do believe. Uh, it's to often some extent, the case. I think so. Uh, but Namesh, now uh, your parents are from uh, uh, India. from India, mm -hmm. and what is your father? A doctor? No, he has a liquor store and convenience store. A liquor store and a convenience store. Okay, mm -hmm. works his balls off. 17 hours a and day. And meanwhile, Namesh is out partying all night. <laughs> With yeah, he's, he's the exception. He should be sent back yeah. immediately, right? Namesh is getting pussy his father never dreamed of. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dan. Not well, in front of the Wall Street Journal, please. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Go ahead. But I mean, Namesh, you're having a good time. I'm having fun. Your poor fun, father busted his ass at that stupid liquor store. Yeah, so I could go to NYU and, and then work my dick off in college and then be fortunate enough to pursue this. This is not... This was a choice. This is not a like I just fell into this, but like it came from. But, the, yeah. but I worked just as hard in comedy as I would have if I worked in whatever finance or whatever it is. But I, I think getting away from the immigrant stories, like, well, no, I have to no. take your word for it, Nimesh, because whenever I see you, you're, you're boozing. I <laughs> right? No, uh, whenever like you never hear an immigrant story. It's like I was a king of Ahmedabad and I decided to just move to America. It's like immigrants love America more than. Yeah. Americans do and I think I think there's truth in people that are here sort of take uh, entitlement of like this is our place we can we are we we won the lottery genetically to be born in America and so now we can just do whatever the fuck we want and things will be okay because that's that's the story of American life whereas if you're the kid of my mom and dad you're like they struggled their asses off to get here, and now they're like, "We got you. Got to make sure that, like, you earn your keep." Because at some point, they might just send your ass back, and that might happen. Not to the extent like I'm not gonna get deported, but like that. That sort of metaphorically, like you, you have to earn your keep here. That's the thing with America. You earn your keep, and if you don't, then you're shit out of luck, or you put Donald Trump in the I, office. I, I pray that you're right, and my heart melts, really gets sentimental, when I see anybody from another country of any color celebrating Thanksgiving or, or showing love for the country. But I can't deny that when I, you know, I have a lot of Mexicans who work, when I, when I speak to them, and we're good friends, um, that there is something different. Now, maybe it'll dissipate by, in the next generation, whatever it is, but there's something about not 
leaving the old country behind, never to return. And it, to but you know, maybe that's also border, text also, messaging, but, all that. But look, that's there, there are a few things here. Snapchat. If Snapchat. Um, if we had a more regularized system of immigration, so that it was more, we could bring in more people. People could come through open doors legally, yes, as opposed to sneaking through the border at great danger to themselves. Then we would have a more rational system in which you didn't take, you don't have to exist in an underground economy. You're not at the mercy of coyotes or other underground characters. Mm -hmm. You you work at a legal job. You're entitled to the legal protections of the of the normal economy, not 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 a black market economy. Not to say that you would ever employ. No, 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 I know exactly. No, we don't. Okay. But, I, but I know, I've known people, Mexicans who worked for me before they came here tell me horror stories of working in, in convenience stores for $7 an hour in the basement, 15 hours. I mean, they're, they're right. at the mercy. It's, it's, You're not going to like wherever place you feel unwelcome and constantly scared. But there's a sort of cognitive... Well, they, a, they're also raised that, on a diet of anti how That's how I, that's how I, I feel. worry about it. That's how I feel performing for black audiences. <laughs> God damn. Well, I mean, but look... Um, you know that that's the but other you still thing. Do it, the it's work. not, but I still do it. It's yeah. not immigrants who are insisting on not teaching civics in uh, college. It's not immigrants who are saying college professors ought to teach you that the United States is this giant agent of evil. Those are well-heeled college professors, probably many generations in America, who want you to know that the only story that matters out of World War II is the internment of the Japanese, which was horrible and wrong, but also it happens that in World War II we defeated the greatest evil that ever existed, the Nazis, and we saved Western civilization. And maybe that'll be taught as well. So maybe the issue is, is are we teaching immigrants the values they need to know about American life. Yeah, there's a general revisionist opinion of the United States of America, which drives me crazy. It's homegrown as well. I, I predicted that within the next 20 years, somebody's going to make a move to decommission the Jefferson Memorial because he owns slaves. There's no attempt anymore to judge people within the time and place that they live. There's, you, you can't say anything. You can't, you can't be proud of America's... <laughs> great accomplishments anymore. You have to focus on these here's chapters a, here, that I'll nobody you, denies. Here's the thing that immigrants are taught. Yeah. I'll tell you. America is a fucked up place. My mom, I wanted to be a journalist when I was younger. And my mom was like, white people will not let you be a journalist. But work your ass off and you can still be something in this country. For all its flaws, you could be something in this country. And that's like the takeaway. Like, you're talking about immigrants are only, like, they're, they're learned to be hated or whatever it is, like, with this internment camp story, which is fine, and it's true. We're always, my parents are always on guard. But there's a way to sort of overcome that, which is keep your head down, work your dick off. But I think your parents, and contribute I, I gotta to ask you your parents' view yeah. of white people, I think, was a little bit exaggerated. Yeah, they're from India, where, you know, those Brits ran the country for a while. Well, I don't know Sorry. nothing about India <laughs> now, but I'm saying here, I wanna, we're down with Indians. I want to ask you a question. Because we you, Do you view the founding fathers, Washington, Jefferson, these people, mm -hmm. as your founding, as, as people that, that you are uh, 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 in your lineage in a way? Do you feel yourself a descendant of these people? Or do you feel an outsider to those people? I, Honestly. I'm not connected to them. You're not connected to no, them. No, I don't like I don't feel any connection to them, but That's what worries I'm not, me. I'm not constantly like oh man, that I'm not even like Because I feel extremely connected to them. Uh -huh. And I'm also first generation. I but I don't feel connected to a lot of things. I, like MLK was great, but I'm not like man, he was I, But a, I think what you're expressing and I'm I'm not angry at you, but I think what, what? you're expressing is is widespread. I'm not saying it's it, it's a majority. I don't know what the number is. Right. And I think it's unprecedented and it worries me. That's all I can say. Any country but what's any unprecedented? I mean, what you're diagnosing is is correct in the sense that there's never been such, I think, a lack of civic, basic civic education in this country. I mean, I'm, I have children, the youngest is seven, the oldest is 13, and the, what they're being taught is kind of it's not exactly like, this is a great country whose imperfect founders, who were human beings and creatures of their time, nonetheless devised a system that contained within it the seeds of its own perfectibility, that contained within it a set of ideas that were universal and that would apply as much to uh, the son of, uh, an, of Indian immigrants 
or Russian immigrants or wherever. Uh, Montreal. Uh, the worst of the worst, the, 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 the Quebecois immigrants who really ought to be thrown the hell out of this country. Um, you know, that, that those ideas, what Jefferson enunciated in the Declaration of Independence, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that that, that, was, a, that was an astonishing, amazing idea, that the idea of the pursuit of happiness is, is an incredible thought. I mean, you don't find it in... Um, you, you won't find it in, I think, in Indian culture or uh, in a lot of Jewish culture. You pursue status, virtue, you can say it. various other things, <laughs> but you don't pursue happiness. That's, a, that's a, an amazing thought, and it's a, it's, it, it happens to have been founded in America, but it applies to everyone, including immigrants. And it would be an incredible thing if we taught this in a wise way that takes account of the fact that Jefferson owned slaves and that they were all far from perfect people. See, we don't believe it anymore. But that's we should. But that's not the fault of the immigrants. We that's gotta, our fault. We got to reinstate the draft. They, 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 these these that's problems why reinforce each other Mesh for sure. Says we got to reinstate the draft. That's that, the they do it. The they problem. do it in Israel, right? Uh, the IDF. Everyone has to go to the IDF for like two uh, or four years, uh, right? Uh, it's they, a very patriotic yes. country. Yeah, uh, they got to do the same goddamn thing here. So, so hearing what he just said, do because that that to me that was moving to me when I hear somebody speak beautifully about this country and yeah. and it's uh, it, it moves me. Does it move you? I think the. I'll play a voice memo I made the yeah. other day. I think the Bill of Rights and the Constitution are just amazing artifacts that they were created, and they te like. There's a there's a thing that every American can say, be like, I am entitled to these things. That's fucking amazing. I love this country. Namesh is pursuing but, happiness with I, every waitress <laughs> in this place. Now, uh, okay, it, it's, but it's <laughs> so, the thing is, you sort of take for granted what you're given. Right, you're you take you. I don't acknowledge the Bill of Rights being amazing. Every it's not in the back of my mind because I know it exists. What pisses me off is this thing happening, or like whatever your uh, the people that you talk to are mad at. You sort of take for granted. I get to be here. The fact that I can immigrant kid. I mean, the son of immigrants can be a comedian chasing white well, well, tail I, all the time. I it's that, fucking I first amazing. Of all, but, I you think know, that comedy has always been the place for outsiders. So it's logical that you're here because comedy in, in every country, the outside in England, it's the Irish. Uh, in France, almost every comedian is of Arab extraction. It's always the, the outsiders that do there's, comedy. There's people in India that will never be given the opportunity to do anything just because of what they look like. Whereas here, like, here... For the most part, you can still. There could be a, a an untouchable person could come to America and be anything in this country. Now your last country. name is Patel, which I believe is of a, a lower cast. It's not. It's, Dan. Well, it's, I, I'm just saying it doesn't matter it is, here. It is a cast. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter here. I will, you know. I'm just saying. I, I believe that it's, he's not a. But you know, also one one. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying, and I really appreciate it because the Bill of Rights wasn't meant to be learned by heart and treated as. Um, a holy relic, it was supposed to be exercised. So the fact that you're exercising it now in multiple ways by having this podcast, this completely free flow of conversation, by swearing on a, on a broadcast, something that wouldn't have been permitted 30 or 40 years ago, is a more, um, a more potent expression of the power of the Bill of Rights than simply saying... Uh, you know, quick, what does what does the Fourth Amendment prohibit? Or what does the, uh, the, the Tenth Amendment say? You might not know it, but it doesn't matter because you are practicing these things in your everyday life. Right. It would help to learn it, but that's, that's, that's I think, a secondary virtue. The, the primary one is to exercise it and just be funny. You know, that's, that matters to us a great deal well, more I, than... I exercised masturbation before I knew what it was. <laughs> but but, but uh, switching topics. Um, anyway, <laughs> is it possible to talk about, because um, we're talking about immigrants, the scandal with Ben Carson? Because that's something that oh. I have a strong opinion about. Go ahead, Dan. And I got my head handed to me on Facebook. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Because I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me, and maybe this is my white privilege talking, or that's what others would say anyway. Certainly. I couldn't for the life of me figure out what the fuck is the big scandal it, that Ben Carson referred to slaves uh, as immigrants of a sort, uh, which is a bizarre he, phraseology and a bizarre use of the word immigrants, but where's the fucking scandal? He's, would you stop with the cursing? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
it seems to me what he was saying, and Obama said the exact same thing in a speech to recent uh, uh, citizens. He said that, uh, that slaves were, in their own way, a sort of immigrant. He did say he that? He did say that, absolutely. Yes, he did. Look that up. It's, Believe uh, it or not, he, I didn't follow it at all. Oh, really? So anyway, my feeling was... It's, I saw... I, what was your feeling? My feeling was he was simply saying that African-Americans, like immigrants, came from elsewhere, uh, at, 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 uh, you know, contributed to the, to the, uh, the uh, melting pot nature of America, enriched the country... It, as immigrants did. There's many points of comparison that are legitimate. Obviously, the way they got here <laughs> diverges. But I, I just, for the life of me, couldn't see why this man was pilloried for having said that. And I said that on Facebook. Did you see the, did you see the video? I didn't or see did the video. Read I read the transcript. Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way you did until I saw it and there was something creepy about it. I mean, you, you, you can't explain that, but there was just something... And the guy is out of touch in well, some no, ways Well, no, I know the guy's anyway. a whack job. And, I mean, he's said a lot of crazy shit. Believes that people became gay in prison and things like that. And it was just something... It, it disturbed me, I have to say. It I don't know. I, I watched the document or the film Gifted Hands, and then I practiced a kind of conscious amnesia about Ben Carson That's ever him. since his medical career, which was very impressive. You know, the, the man... Uh, well, you know, it, it, we're getting to this thing, and, and Trump seems to find them like... What's crazy, what's not crazy? What's intelligent, what's not intelligent? Obviously, Ben Carson has to be very, very bright to be a pediatric neurosurgeon. On the other hand, what scientist can say that he thinks homosexuality is caused in prisons? How, how do you line them up with each other? Look, I do think yeah, I that there is... Let me put it this way. As a, as a right-of-center columnist, who is... My views about Trump are, are fairly clear... I think the left has to be very careful about not falling into the hands of, or playing into the hands of Trump supporters by this nonstop word policing. I think one of the legitimate here, here. grievances of a lot of <clears throat> Trump supporters is just exhaustion, if not nauseation, with the, um, the, I mean, what goes by the term political correctness, and, and that's legitimate. Which is the enemy of these guys, well, by the way, look, comedians. The, 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 the problem with Trump is, that, I mean, I wish you were politically correct, but there's a difference between being politically incorrect and being a jerk. And Trump transgresses that, that boundary uh, all the time. But saying, oh, he said immigrants, he, you know, as if Carson doesn't have some sense of what it means to be black in America compared to the glorious Steinems of the world. It's absurd, and when liberals get in a huff about it, they are just confirming the bias of Trump's most ardent supporters. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on almost everything that you feel about Trump, except somehow I'm still happy Hillary didn't win, and I can't help it. I know that, I know that doesn't make sense. I know if I had to do the hiring, I would have had to have chosen Hillary. But viscerally, to see the left and all and everything you're describing get a punch in the eye made me happy, you know? Yeah, but it, that's, <laughs> that's the, the, the cliche is cutting off your nose to spite your face. Well, let me, that's interesting because I go back and forth on it. Let's say after four years, Trump, nothing terrible happens. Doesn't ruin the country. But we have a, a Supreme Court which stays to the right. And we have less regulation and, and, uh, and, you know, the things that you and I, as, as kind of right of center people, would probably be happy about. Right. Will it all have been worthwhile? Sure. I just, I'm not so optimistic as you are. Sure. I mean, it, it, look, in the sense of if this, if what we've just experienced in the last seven weeks is the worst of it, these were the proverbial birth pangs of an administration that finds its bearings and governs as a Mitt Romney would have governed the country, okay? Then we're all going to say, hallelujah, we, we expected Mussolini and we ended up with Romney and everything's fine. And here we are, the year is 2021, and we're at the comedy cellar shooting the breeze about whatever. Then we'll all consider this a great success. Let me ask you a question. What do you think of this argument? Only Nixon can go into China. Only a Democrat can bomb Korea. And I'm, I'm wondering if you think that's true. If, if, in other words, if Trump decides we need to take out Korea or we need to take out the nuclear reactor in Iran, he won't be able to do it. Will I mean, the country will go nuts where Obama would have a, would have a free hand to do it. Well, I mean, that's why I voted for Hillary. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, look, I always saw as a center right guy, I thought of the difference between Hillary and Trump as the difference between risk and uncertainty. If you talk to guys on Wall Street, 
they'll tell you risk is bad, but it's something you can price because there's predictability there. Uncertainty is very bad because there's no predictability. And, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of knew what you were getting with, in with, with Hillary. Hillary. With Trump, every morning is a new adventure. Every day creates the possibility of another epic eruption. And what we've seen in the last seven weeks might just be a foretaste of the Mount Pinatubo that's that's coming your way or whatever. Vesuvius. I love your volcanic. Uh, you wanted to say something, Dan. No, Namesh, when you said, will it have been worth it, Namesh screamed in horror. Because, so he, I, because he's left. He doesn't well, want a conservative I, uh, court. But, uh, but, I, uh, but I wonder what was behind that, that uh, exclamation of, of, of shock. I mean, the fact that people, like, violence has gone up against brown people is not okay with me. That happened under Obama. That happened under Obama, too? I'm sure it did. I'm sure, but, like, with Trump, it it feels, it feels different. Now, can I tell you something? The gut reaction, the gut reaction here is, like, this is that guy's fault. Let's say those 140 calls that went into those synagogues turned into actual bombs. Dude, my son was evacuated. From, well, he actually wasn't. He was absent that day, but his JCC was evacuated. Right. Uh, two Mondays ago. And I felt in my gut, I said, you know what? I just don't blame Trump for this. I suspect that this is more likely some sort of copycat or whatever. And mm. sure, now I don't know if it was the same people. Sure enough, the guy they did catch caught calling eight JCCs right. with some guy, black guy, who was trying to get even with his girlfriend. Right. But like those two Indian guys that got shot in Kansas and they, they were like... Two Indian guys that never been shot. I mean, you're going to blame that on Trump? Yes. All right. Um, now, uh, uh, Brett, was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't pay attention. It's all right. I thought the Wall Street Journal was all about stocks. They do other things too, I guess. Anyway, um, <laughs> and my, my feeling about Trump is this. You know, we had to have it out as a country at some point. There needed to be... You know, Hillary, had Hillary been elected, of course, a lot of people would have been very happy, uh, but it would just been more anger building up. We needed this pressure. We had to have it out at some point. Better, might as well be now. We got it. Let, let's have it out. Yeah, but he, risks, he just, risks discrediting what ought to be a movement he was the that only many people would get on board, I think. Well, I mean, that's the main thing, which is if you are right of center and if Trump's presidency goes as expected, well, you're not going to love the Elizabeth Warren presidency. And you're not going to love the fact that the Democrats, in response to Trump, are going to produce their own version of Trump, their own, you know, Bernie without the charm. Um, And you're not going to like the way that shapes politics. There was no reason why we couldn't have had some Republican who would have corrected what I think are the mistakes of the Obama administration, but done so in a way that would not injure the country and would not injure the brand, as it were, of the Republican Party. I think it goes deeper. But yeah, Now, I've said this. These white motherfuckers are pissed. These, these, we, are, we push them too hard, too fast. They oh, weren't Dan. ready for gay marriage. And, you know, and... How, uh, oh, Dan? I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Tubman on the 20, it was too much too fast. But that's... <laughs> what you're saying is, is amusing because Trump is the first Republican president to openly, or at least attempt to endorse gay marriage and and all the things that these pissed off cultural conservatives were supposedly exercised about. If that had been the case, they would have gotten Ted Cruz as their nominee. So, and, but also there's one more, Trump without the Trump. No, there's one more Trump thing. Him. There's yeah. one more thing that, that you read a lot about um, in the alt-right. Uh, Ann Coulter touches on it. Pat Buchanan touches on it. And I don't know how big a role it's played in all of this, but... The, the idea that, that white Americans are going to be a minority in this country and how important is that in, in people's minds and to what extent was this election a reaction against that in your estimation? Well, I mean, I don't know. This election was about many things and I think it, it, it's very difficult. I mean, it's like a multiple PhD theses are going to be written sussing out why this election went the way it did. The truth is... It went the way it did because Hillary and her stupid campaign were inattentive to uh, uh, granular polling in five states that they should have won easily. And while they were busy campaigning in Arizona, they were losing Pennsylvania and losing Wisconsin. Yeah, but the fact that a nut could do it like this could get an office means there's something something crazy was happening in America. No, I, I disagree, Dan, because, because he... He, as I described before, there was something connecting with me. Like, you know, when Hillary brought out 
Michael Brown's mom on the convention thing after the Justice Department had totally exonerated Darren Wills. I mean, you know, to bring out this mom as some kind of victim, it made me nuts. Yeah, I get that because I detested Hillary for years and years. And if you had told me three years ago I would be voting for Hillary Clinton and not only doing that, but taking my kids to the voting booth just so they would record the fact that I voted for her. I would have thought you're on on peyote or something. And just to be clear, just because I, not not I, not that I, I'm not I'm soft on police brutality. I'm not soft on police brutality. But this was clearly proven not an example yeah, of police brutality. it was. It was. Uh, look, I, I totally understand how people looked at Hillary Clinton and said, "Here's a woman who's pretending that she earned it, but we all know she didn't earn it. We all know that nobody would have heard of Hillary Rodham had she not." fortuitously married some guy called Bill Clinton and and that most of her success, unlike millions of women who do it without the benefit of a famous husband, right, who rise without the benefit of their husband, that, that she was a faker in a sense, that she is not a genuine role model for feminists in many respects, and also that she uh, skirts, to say the least, the boundaries of the law, that she treated... She has a kind of Marie Antoinette disdain for the rules that apply for little people. I totally get that disdain for Hillary Clinton. But as they said, the election is a binary choice unless you voted for Evan McMullen or whatever. Guilty as charged. Um, and, uh, or Gary Johnson. Um, and, uh, and, and as between those two alternatives, I would rather take the kind of humdrum venality of Hillary Clinton and policies that I generally don't like against the raging unpredictability and frequent descent into bigotry and misogyny that was Donald Trump. And so given that choice, for all my dislike of Hillary Clinton, which I think I laid out uh, fairly expressively just now, it wasn't even a close call. Uh, I don't see how... And, and is that largely because her foreign policy, for the most part, lines up with... What no, not really. I mean, I'm much more hawkish than Hillary Clinton is. I mean, I'm... I'm a Republican, but remember. But she's more hawkish than Trump was. No, it, it's because I don't think Trump is the kind of man who can be trusted with any position of public responsibility, much less the presidency. I think Trump has manifestly shown that he lacks what we used to quaintly call character for anything, whether it comes to his wives, his business, uh, or his politics. And that, and that, by the way, is a very conservative thought, right? That character really matters, that we want... We want our presidents to at least try to be in the mold of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and not in the mold of Caligula. Or Barack Obama. Well, look, I'll say this about Obama, okay? As much as I really disagreed with his policies, I never disliked Obama as a person. I never... When Obama was carrying out the ceremonial functions of his office, like awarding medals of honor, I always felt he was my president. And, and, and I could leave aside you could pride the him. Iran deal or uh, Obamacare, all the things I disagreed with, because I, I didn't think this was a disreputable person. Well, and now that you know he, he, he ordered an illegal wiretap, you might have to re, re, well, reevaluate if in fact, that position. If, in fact, he did, and maybe he not only ordered illegal wiretapping, but he was indeed born in Kenya and was carrying out the agenda of the Muslim Brotherhood and every other crazy thing that people routinely allege. People, of, Trump. Didn't, didn't, that, that Trump didn't, uh, alleges about his predecessor. I think it is, it is so scandalously disgraceful to come out with an allegation like that against your predecessor, a president of the United States, without having ironclad proof of the fact that it, it just boggles the imagination. And by the way, my biggest fear for the Trump presidency isn't that he's going to turn us into a police state. He's not going to turn us into a police state. He's going to degrade the character of the United States so that things that five years ago we would have said, you know, that just is unacceptable in a human being, much less a president, is suddenly going to become A-OK. -okay. And we're going to be on to Trump 2.0 and 3.0 and so on. Will it be worth it? Uh, it will not be worth if it, which is why I'm not for this but guy. But if everything, if everything that, I, if, if, if he ends we'll up being just... I think we'll bounce I think we'll bounce I think this is a, a, a isolate... I, I mean, say, it sounds naive, I know, but I don't think there's say the many Supreme, Trumps lining up. Say the Supreme Court stays right of center like you want and yep. Wall Street or whatever is deregulated, but every moral fiber of, of this next generation and the people now is completely degraded to where Trump is at. Will it have been worth it? That's You see, that the question I have to grant you 
It's a profound question, and I struggle with it. That's what that's what and I'm so saying. Maybe, sure, too. And like, so maybe uh, maybe I have to amend to. my my answer in that. Wow. Th- there's something there's something that bothers me. You see, I think the Trump phenomenon. Ultimately, re- Republicans who are apologists for Trump think of politics as purely a matter of policy. And for sure, I wish I can get the policies that I want. But politics is more than that. It's also about the fabric of our society and our notions of what's what's acceptable and what's barbaric. And that's that's shifting uh, in a noticeable way. I mean, I just I just read my mail and what. You know, the same Republicans who were screaming about what Bill Clinton may have been doing with Monica Lewinsky, was doing with Monica Lewinsky in a bathroom, are the ones who are completely cool with Trump shenanigans. And I'm like, wait, aren't you supposed to be a conservative? What happened to that baseline notion of a conservative about a person who cares about the moral behavior of others? How did this suddenly become okay? Because Neil Gorsuch is going to be on the Supreme Court? I like Neil Gorsuch as it happens. I just don't know if that was a price worth paying for this kind of man being in that kind of position. We'll see. All right, we're, we're, we're about out of time. Um, I, I would just like to say that uh, you're a hero of Gnomes. Uh-oh. <laughs> but but Uh-oh. Uh, having spent an hour with you, you're not a hero of mine. That's too strong a word. <laughs> but I like the cut of your jib. And I uh, enjoyed having you. And um, I hope uh, perhaps you can come back uh, to the show. Well, or at the very least, uh, see a show downstairs. I, I'm missing Taranto on the editorial page. Something awful. Is, 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 does he write at all anymore? No, he's, he's now op-ed editor. Now, I, it's he a was Wall promoted. Street, it's a Wall Street but Journal. Like, miss writing? You know, he was writing that column for 16 years. That's a long time to write a daily column. Now, but he's got a lot to say. I mean, I, I keep... Go ahead. No, I don't read the Wall Street Journal, but it seems to me you guys are like MTV used to be. They call themselves music television, but they did other shit. You call yourselves the Wall Street Journal, but I didn't hear a word about stocks. No, I want to. You didn't ask me once about well, stocks. What should, what should no, I put, should I put my money? Yet. Lord knows. <laughs> I think the I've Wall heard Street... good things about universal display. <laughs> I think what you, you should a... do is diversify your portfolio as widely as you can. <laughs> well, anybody could say that. <laughs> and I just told you it, because it's true. I think the Wall Street Journal is by far the best newspaper there is, and I sometimes I read the same story in the Journal and then in the Times, and I'm always notice certain words that have assumptions in them, and I always see the Wall Street Journal really trying to play it down the middle, at least at least as it as it reads to me, and uh, that's why I, I pretty much stick to the Journal now. Well, thanks for the uh, the privilege of. Uh being on this Mount Olympus of uh, comic genius. <laughs> Not a now, lot of people get to sit at this table. Anybody who comes on this radio show is, is a lifetime VIP at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Does that include and, Toba, even though she didn't say anything? No. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And you know that I, I, your sister and I, my one of my best friends is brother is a friend of your sister's and she was here a, a few Gabrielle yeah a few weeks ago I'll have to I'll have to yeah okay and, and we met so but uh, and then Louie comes down here a lot and I can text you or something next time I, I know Please, that he's, he's coming the guy's a genius yeah he is. he's truly a genius he would love to meet you really absolutely I, I, I think he's incandescent um, um, we'll make it happen I'll make it happen incandescent's not a word you hear often but when you do hear it you remember it Tova <laughs> Silverman thumbs up <laughs> Thumbs up or thumbs down on the show? Thumbs up. Thank Did you, you enjoy the show? I, I would like to have Tova as an actual guest. If she's willing, she's very shy. <laughs> but uh, I think it might be interesting because she's a comedy agent. And I think that's an interesting perspective. Well, have her on. I would love to, but uh, she's being skittish. Okay. Let's, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Right, thank you.